Hello, welcome to my murder edition of Truck Stop Murder. I try to put these out every Monday. If you're a return listener, thank you for giving me a chance and and continue listening. If you're a new listener, this is my episode where I cover executed inmates who was executed after 1976 when the United States remitted the death penalty because it was ended in 1973 because they said it was cruel and unusual punishment. But in 76, they decided it wasn't no more. So this is a series I'm going through outside of my regular truck stop murder case that I do. There won't be no truck stop by this. Right now, I am in Franklin, Ohio at the pilot truck stop. So eventually, I will be talking about this truck stop. And I got the case for two. So it happened on Easter, I believe. But we're not talking about that right now. Right now, we're talking about John Lewis Evans. But first please write and review i had a, a bad review one star review not too long ago said i sound like a seventh grader who takes bits and pieces off of wikipedia and tells it off like a seventh grader i think well the title was the seventh grader I, i'm not going to read it but here's the thing i don't mind negative reviews but the problem is just don't send a negative review saying you sound like shit and leave it at that please send a negative review but how i could fix it you know, help me be a better podcaster. If you just, I don't want to hear, just, if you just want to troll, go troll somewhere else. Because actually, you're actually entertaining me with some of these negatives. So somebody said I sound like somebody who don't know how to speak English. A foreigner who tries, it's just, it's just, they're hilarious to me, actually. You know, I guess I'm like the Star Wars, on the dive, you know, I feed off your negativity. But, like I said, it sucks getting one-star reviews. But, like I said, if you want to give me a one-star review, tell me why you gave me that one-star review. Don't just say I suck. Tell me you suck because of this, and this is how you fix it. And I said, oh, and I've got many, you know, reviews like that. And I accepted their suggestions, and I've tried to be a better podcaster because of that. But, anyhow, enough of that. I know my wife, whoever is probably going to tell me that see you always say you hate bullshit in that podcast but here you are bullshit and you're two and a half minutes into it but okay enough of that but yeah rate and review if you want to on itunes i guess that's the place to be or anywhere you listen to podcasts also email me at truckstopmurder at gmail.com or my emails that my i have not gotten no email for a while if you want to email me just say hello that would be awesome also patreon and i'll give all the links at the end also be in the show notes but let's talk about this this is the first person executed in 83 s 76 77 was the first execution i believe on they were started off low numbers but from here it went from five executions next year it would be like 21 executions so they really ramped it up mainly florida was really active in 84 but right now we're in 83 we're talking about john lewis evans this is from wikipedia and i'm going to read from that so, here we go. John Lewis Evans III, January 4th, 1950 to April 22nd, 1983, was the first inmate to be executed by the state of Alabama after the United States restated death penalty in 1976. The manner of the execution is frequently cited by opponents of capital punishment in the United States. Evans was born in Beaumont, Texas, and was executed in Holman Correction Facility near Atmore, Alabama at the age of 33 so he was pretty young when he was executed so let's talk about the conviction and sentencing 
after 1976 pro from Indiana prison, Evans and fellow convict Wayne Ritter on January, where he will have his own episode later on. January, he his date of birth was January 30th, 1954, and he was actually executed August 28th, 1987, on my wife's anniversary, or we were married on his anniversary of execution. In 2006, the Army decided that I need to get married to my wife. Otherwise, I'll just be a single parent. So, I mean, I got what I want. I wanted to marry her anyhow. She just didn't think that was a good idea. She's just, we don't need no paperwork. Plus, Texas does recognize common law marriage. So, yeah, they embarked, the two embarked on a two-month-long crime spree involving by Evans' own admission over 30 armed robberies near nine kidnappings and two extortion schemes schemes across seven states let me ask everybody i'm going to take a pause and ask do i have an accent i mean a lot of people think i'm from a different country but no i'm just from chicago born and raised chicago moved to texas in 95 and joined the army 2006 to 2015 so maybe just a i guess i'm just a mutt language i guess you could say <laughs> but yeah so back to the story, over 30 armed robberies, nine kidnappings, and two extortion schemes across seven states. On January 5, 1977, he and Ritter robbed and killed Edward Lassar, a pawn shop owner in Mobile, Alabama, while his two young daughters were in the store. That's the owner of the store. His two daughters were there. Nothing happened to them, thankfully. The perpetrators fled but were captured on March 7th by FBI agents in Little Rock, Arkansas. The evidence recovered was the gun used to shoot Nassar in the back and another gun stolen from the pawn shop. Although he gave a detailed confession, prosecutors refused to accept his plea guilty because they wanted Evans sentenced to death. And under Alabama law, this is only allowed following a conviction by a jury. Evans was tried in the state circuit court in Alabama on April 26, 1977, for first-degree murder, committed during the commission of robbery. During the trial, Evans again admitted to his crime and stated that he did not feel remorse that under the same circumstances, he would kill again. Furthermore, he threatened that if the jury did not sentence him to death, he would escape and murder each of them. Despite his testimony, the jury, instructed, the jury was instructed to consider all the evidence and return a guilty verdict. Only if the prosecutor had left no reasonable doubt. After less than 15 minutes of deliberation, not too long, pretty much they walked in. They said, guilty, not guilty, raise your hand, okay, let's go back out. And so it was pretty fast. The jury convicted Evans of capital offense charges and said, you, sir, be gone with you to the death chamber. Electric chair at the time was being used. Unlike Texas, last episode, lethal ejections, they haven't started using this. And wait till I tell you, you hear when who made this electric chair and was last used. So, but yeah, under Alabama law, all capital sentences must be affirmed by review in a higher court. The sentence of death was confirmed by the Alabama Court of Criminal Appeals, which is all states. You have to work your way all the way up to Alabama Supreme Court, which is set for the date April 6, 1979, for his execution. And April 2nd, Evans' mother, Betty, acted as next friend petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court of the Southern District of Alabama for a right to habeas corpus, 
the application request for the court finds Evans' conviction unconstitutional because the consideration of lesser included offenses was not offered to the jury. So they were just offered one thing, and that was it. You know, first-degree murder, which you hear in a lot of cases. Well, the jury was not instructed for manslaughter or second, they were just said first-degree murder. And that's what they vote on. So we, you know, convict this guy on first-degree murder, second-degree murder, manslaughter. They only had one option. So the district court dismissed the application on the grounds that she was not entitled to act as next to friend. She, she appealed the United States Courts of Appeals for the fifth court. Let's break break on that. Well, next to friends is I had looked that up because I was unaware. But it's just pretty much a guardian, somebody underage or somebody who is not competent to stand trial. So somebody could speak for their, them on their behalf. And they found out or a court ordered somebody if they didn't have no next to kin that the court ordered somebody to be their next friend but they said that she was not he was capable he was underage he confessed so a next friend was not needed for this so that was the appeal was to overturn the dish so back to where i was at i got next friend she was she overturned district found that this she was not next to friend she appealed the united states courts of appeals for the fifth circuit which overturned the district court decision and in fact judged the initial criminal conviction to be invalid so their overturned conviction in 1982 the supreme court of the united states granted the state's pension of a right of certria cert or um c-e-r-t-i-o-r-a-r-i certria <laughs> reversing the judgment of the court of appeals and returning them the decision on the constability of the Evans sentence. And I um, know I'm saying that wrong as well. C-O-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-I-O-N-A-L-I-T-Y. I'm not even going to try to read it, but there you go. The finding was made with two of the justices entering an opinion occurring in part of dissenting in part because anyhow, Let's start that again, because that is not making no sense. The finding was made with the two bodies of the the two of the jury justices entering the opinion, concurring in part and dissenting in part, because they accepted the argument of the United States of Alabama on the matter in question, but held the capital punishment itself was cruel usual punishment prohibited by the eighth and fifth amendment of the Constitution of the United States. So they're trying to overturn about the whole cruel and unusual punishment thing. In July that year, Evans fired his lawyers. I guess it was taking too long with all these appeals and stuff like that. He said, you know, let's just get this over with. I'm sorry for the other nonsense that I babbled. But in July that year, Evans fired his lawyers and filed a motion to dismiss all further appeals. The Court of Appeals accepted his motion on October 19, 1982. The Alabama Supreme Court rejected uh, application for a new sentence hearing on February 18th, 1983, and execution was carried out on Holman at Holman Correctional Facility near Altamore, Alabama, on April 22nd. So let's talk about this execution. Like I said, just to round up everything, so if you didn't understand my mush mouth and babbling, he confessed to the crime, but the, the state did not want to accept his confession because they wanted the death penalty. So because under 
state law, you cannot execute somebody that was not convicted under a jury. So they had to be found guilty by a jury of his peers or a judge to be you found guilty of first degree murder and sent to death. So that's what they wanted. So that the mother tried to overturn it. You know, habeas corpus failed. A couple of judges turned it around, talking about cruel, unusual punishment. That's what it was. And they did find it and they did overturn the conviction. But because I guess it was taking too long and he was just tired of the appeals, he fired his lawyers. Let's just get this over with. Because I guess he figured it, you know, the inevitable. It was going to happen anyhow. So let's talk about the execution. The execution was notable for its, you know, the means of carrying out the son's death use on who's the death electric chair. Constructed here, you go. The, the electric chair was constructed constructed by an inmate in 1927. Yes, 27. So now we are in 83. So we were talking about a long time. The chair's nickname was Yellow Mama because of its traffic yellow coat of paint. It had not been used since 1965. And reason being because in 1973, that's when they decided it was cruel and usable punishment and was reversed in 1976 because they found this means during the Greg and versus Georgia case. So what I'm about to tell you now is two witnesses who witnessed the execution First being execution was witnessed by reporter Mark Harris, who wrote the first-person account for United States Press, published on May 4th. This is what he said. He thought that was it. It had enough, but expected and bearable. Two doctors filed out of the witness room to examine the body and pronounce Evans dead. The prison doctor pressed, dressed in a blue surgical costume and tan loafers with tassels placed as stethoscope. Sound like Sylvester's the the, the cat, you know, to a smock and turned and nodded. The natural sign of yes, he he's dead. But the nod meant he had found a heartbeat. The other doctor confirmed the gruesome discovery. So this is how it went on. The following description of Evans' ex, ex, elect, execution was sworn by Evans' attorney, Russell F. Canaan, on June twenty second, nineteen eighty three, at eight twenty. Here's this, Pretty much the breakdown of what happened on the execution day. At 8.20 p.m., the first stroke of 19 volts of electricity passed through Mr. Evans' body. It lasted 30 seconds. Sparks and flames erupted from the electrode tied to Mr. Evans' left leg. His body slammed against the straps holding him in the electric chair, and his fist clenched permanently. The electrode burst from the strap holding, him, holding it in place. A large puff of grayish smoke and sparks poured out from under the hood that covered Mr. Evans's face. Overpowering stench of burnt flesh and clothing began pervading, pervading the witness's room. Two doctors examined Mr. Evans and declared that he was not dead, so he was still living alive after the first charge. So, the electrode on his left leg was refastened at 8.30 p.m. Mr. Evans was administered a second 30 a second 30 second jolt of electricity the stench of the burning flesh was nauseating because they're pretty much cooking him more smoke emitted from his leg and head again the doctors examined him the doctor reported that his heart was still beating and that he was still alive that's two jolts of 1900 volts of electricity so at that time 
he said, I asked the president commissioner who was communicating with the open telephone line to George Governor Wallace. I don't know if you recognize that name. If not, he is the one, you probably seen him on Forrest Gump, that would not allow the four students to enter the school, even though the National Guard was there. And eventually he let him in, but yeah, he was not very, he ran for president a few times and failed and was actually, had an assassination attempt on him. But yeah. They, they called him up to grant clemency on the grounds that Mr. Evans was being subjected to cruel, unusual punishment. And I have to agree with that. You know, if they didn't get, you know, how many times do you actually fry somebody elect before you decide enough's enough, you know? But, yep. Second one, third, second one, didn't, first one didn't kill him, second one didn't kill him. So at 8.40, a third charge of electricity, 30 seconds in duration, was passed through Mr. Evans' body at 8.44, the doctors pronounced him dead. So the, the execution of John Evans took 24 minutes. So he had shortly before the execution, Evans was featured. Right before the execution, I don't know if you remember this show. I remember watching this kid's show as a kid. But Evans was featured in an after-school special called Dead Wrong, in which he shared his life story with young people and pleaded for them not to make the same mistakes as he did. And so there you go. There is my mush-mouthed babbling story of John Lewis Evans. I need to really get back in this. I think my problem is is being in this truck. It, I don't really have a studio like everybody else, so I have to set things up and everything. And since I'm blind as hell, where my computer set up and everything, it makes it difficult to read. So I'm trying to do better. But like I said, if you do like this, me telling the stories, you always can help me do this full-time. And go to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash truckstopmurder. Or you can probably find me. Just go to patreon.com and search truckstopmurder. And True Crime Podcast, you can find me. I'm going to start putting out bonus episodes. And, but before I leave, let's talk about where these individuals are at. So I did find Edward Nassar. His last name is Assad. Edward Assad Nassar on Find a Grave. He was born December 11th, 1943 in Mobile, Alabama. And, of course, he passed away January 5th, 1977 in Mobile. But burial details are unknown. So I wish I could give you information about it, but there's no information on Find a Grave. But if you do want to go spit on his grave or piss on his grave or whatever you want to do his grave, I said the person we're talking about right now, John Lewis Evans III, and I'll say all this information. This is all on find a grave. No, actually, don't piss on piss spit on his grave because his dad is buried with him, and he is a World War II vet, John Lewis Evans II. If you find, if you're in the, the Port Neches, Texas, Port Neches, N-E-C-H, you could go there, but right below his father's, his, he has his memorial, his, like, military plaque, He's talking, you know, he was a World War II vet. He was born in 1926, passed away in 1973. So luckily he was not there to witness everything that his son did. And you really think he'd want to be buried with his son knowing this information? I don't know. Maybe some fathers do. But yeah, John Lewis Evans III was, you know, junior if you listen to crime and sports. You know, that's never good. He was born January 4th, 1950 in Beaumont, Texas. And he died in... April 22nd, 1983, in Atmore, Alabama. He is buried at Oak Bluff Memorial Park 
in Port Neches, Texas. So there you go. Now back, I forgot that I was going to add that, but I forgot to start going into my social media pages. But yes, if you want to email me, trucks.murder@gmail.com, or if you just want to check out my private Facebook group, Truck Stop Murder and True Crime. I'm always looking for discussion on there. Nobody's really talking besides myself. So I'm always up for some discussions. Tell me about your travels. Tell me about some crazy shit you've seen on the road. Or just if you have any murder cases that you'd like for me to cover. Or maybe you might want to join me on it. I'm always able, you know, willing to talk to somebody while I'm on the road. It does get lonely. But yeah, Patreon. Or you just want to don't want to be part of Patreon and do like a monthly subscription. You can always help me out at PayPal at truckstopmurder at gmail as well. But again, enough of this. I'll see you next Monday. Hopefully, if I can get this in by today or tomorrow, you'll be seeing me next Wednesday. But like I always say, you can't fix stupid, but you just sure numb it with a 2x4. I'm out of here.